This is Machine Language, the podcast hosted by Manufacturing Automation Magazine. You've tuned in to hear conversations with industry experts on the latest industrial automation technologies and trends in Canada's manufacturing sector. Hello and welcome to this episode of Machine Language. I'm your host, Sukanya Reghosh, editor of Manufacturing Automation Magazine. Machine vision technologies are of paramount importance to manufacturers today. They enable precise and automated quality control, ensuring products meet high-quality standards, which is crucial in industries like automotive and aerospace. By automating inspection processes, these technologies increase manufacturing efficiency, reduce labor costs, and minimize errors contributing to Canada's competitiveness in global markets. Additionally, machine vision ensures regulatory compliance and traceability, a critical aspect of meeting stringent manufacturing standards. The data and analytics capabilities of these systems support continuous improvement efforts, optimizing production processes, reducing downtime, and bolstering the overall productivity and growth of the manufacturing industry. In this episode of Machine Language, Thomas Kukov and Ryan Marty join us to discuss how an all-in-one platform can help leverage the full potential of machine vision technologies for manufacturers. Thomas Kukov is the product manager for NX and NJ controllers, NY industrial PCs, as well as the Sysmac Studio software for Omron Automation in the Americas, where he champions the power of Sysmac solutions. Thomas has a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and a master's degree in business from Clemson University. A licensed engineer in the state of South Carolina and author of 13 patents, he has been named Greenville's Best and Brightest as well as receiving Clemson's Roaring 10 Alumni Award. Ryan Morty is a product manager at Omron Automation Americas. He brings 12 plus years of experience in industrial cameras as well as expertise in machine vision. He is in charge of PC-based vision solutions and the smart camera product line at Omron. Ryan has led multiple custom projects for large OEMs and end users, as well as specifying cameras for large products. In this episode, we discuss machine vision technologies available today, how an all-in-one industrial control platform can help in mastering machine vision and extracting the most out of this technology, selecting the right platform, integrating a vision system, best practices, and more. Let's listen to the conversation now. Welcome to the Machine Language Podcast. It's great to have both of you here today. It's great to great to be here, uh, Sakanya. We're happy to to get to join the the podcast. Right. Yep. Thank you, Sukanya. I'm, I'm honestly, this is my first time podcast, so I'm pretty excited to be doing this period. So I really appreciate uh, having us on today. That's wonderful, Ryan. Uh, so glad to have you here. And you know, before we go into a really in-depth discussion today, 
let's talk about machine vision like what machine vision applications are the most relevant for manufacturers in today's really competitive market conditions so i'll go ahead and take this one um i'm more of the machine vision guy here i think a little bit so right. really okay. yeah big time right so really when we're talking <laughs> about most uh commonplace applications of machine vision especially in manufacturing typically talking about inspection right yeah and when we say inspection it's such a broad term but typically when we're talking about manufacturing inspection is going to mean defect detection barcode reading assembly measurement stuff like that right but we also want to look at more than just the inspection part right Inspection is important, but we have more to machine vision than just inspecting products. Yeah. Now in manufacturing, robots, for instance, are, I mean, they've always been around to a degree, but now more than ever, robots are king in manufacturing, right? And with robots, we want to have typically machine vision associated with that. Whether this is vision-guided robotics or monitoring or some sort of location application here, Typically, machine vision is going alongside. You might even have applications where machine learning is involved, right? Where machine vision is being utilized to take information and then pass it on to some of the technologies Thomas is. When we're doing all of this, this is really what's going to open up that whole large world of efficiency and throughput and overall effectiveness that a company can improve on factoring processes. So... What machine vision technologies are currently available today that manufacturers can actually take advantage of? So I know, I'm pretty sure I know what answer you want me to say to start with, which is of course AI, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm going to save that for the end of this, of this question. So the first thing I'm going to talk about really, I would like to talk about visual spectrums and yeah. the reason I want to do that is because this is really a new and emerging camera technology that is really taking hold of the machine vision market and helping to do things we could never do before. Okay. So typically, when we're looking at machine vision, we're viewing the object in the same way and the same wavelength that human beings see the world, right? Yeah. But utilizing these new visual spectrums, we can go way beyond that now. So using, for instance, shortwave infrared, yeah, we can do crazy things that we cannot do with standard visual light. Typically, we're trying to get the best contrast possible, right? If we can utilize different lightings, different colors in a standard camera, we want to get the best contrast you can get to properly detect a problem. Yeah. To see a crack in the board, the best way to do that is to have good contrast. Now, with the use of these different wavelengths and different lighting sources, we can actually go beyond just standard contrast. So with shortwave infrared, an engineer can actually use different IR lighting to see through certain materials, almost like an X-ray, but without all the complicated X-ray problems you have. So let's take an example of manufacturer that wants, that's manufacturing cookies, right? Yeah. And if you want to inspect at the end of your process that that cookie has made it through the entire process and is a full cookie not broken inside of the bag, yeah. the only way you would be able to do that is with a human touch. Okay. But with shortwave infrared, if we use an IR light, set it to a specific nanometers and that wavelength, we can actually use a shortwave infrared camera to see through that packaging 
right. which is something we just couldn't do. And the other part of the new emerging technologies, I would, of course, be remiss to not talk about AI, to say, honestly, that AI is changing the landscape of machine vision would kind of be like calling Pompeii a little hiccup in the Mediterranean. Um, <laughs> it's, it's changing the entire way that we're trying to do machine vision. And yeah. it's being utilized in ways that we've never seen before. And it's honestly, it's pretty incredible. Right. The best thing about it, I think, and besides the technological stuff, right? Like it's awesome what we're able to do and what we're able to set up. But I think the best thing about it is AI is going to allow companies that have been previously intimidated by machine vision or incapable of properly setting up a machine vision solution to yeah. do this now in an easier way than we've ever been able to do before. Because with the use of AI, we can set up stuff in a way that anybody, even a lab technician that has no experience in machine vision, can potentially set up a machine vision solution to solve a problem they've had to previously do with human interaction. Okay. And that's where I think the strongest point of AI can really be. So a long answer, but there's a lot more that I'm not even covering today. But those <laughs> are two of the biggest ones that I personally have the yeah. most uh, enjoyment out of, I'd say. So how can an all-in-one industrial control platform uh, help in mastering machine vision and extracting the most out of this technology? So I'll definitely let Thomas talk to this a little bit as well. But from the machine vision side, I think the best way that this works is machine vision can feed information that's critical to these all-in-one platforms. Okay. At the end of the day, machine vision is kind of just a, it just gives you a yes or a no, right? Yeah. I'm doing an inspection. I would say, hey, is this board cracked? Yes or no? If the answer is no, congratulations. That board keeps going down the line. If the answer is yes, then you need to have further things happen to it. And yeah. that data can be fed to these all-in-one solutions or these all-in-one industrial control platforms and start getting into that more traceability side of it right? Like, okay, what are we doing with this data? What's happening? And that's really where I think machine vision fits into these is where we're giving extra data and important data to yeah. these platforms. Right. Okay. So uh, Thomas, would you like to uh, yeah, respond to this as well? Yeah. If, if you don't mind, Ryan, you, you had a ton of great, great points, but Sakanya, what I'd at least like to add from a control perspective is yes, an all-in-one industrial control platform can absolutely help make mastering machine vision go a little quicker and smoother by how that machine vision is designed to integrate in with everything else. If it's part of the software compatibility, if it's operating on the same industrial yeah. protocols, yes, it, there are some accelerations, but there is also the next benefit, as Ryan said, to start to look towards that traceability standpoint, because that's where so much of that value is yeah. when it comes to, I don't want to speak purely for vision, but as we look at the interaction between vision and an all-in-one control platform, really is the ability to have that traceability at that part number granularity to say, yes, these circuit boards met the requirements needed by downstream customers to ensure our compliance in manufacturing. So is it, it's not just the compatibility, but it's yeah. the using of that data to validate the performance. 
So, you know, would you agree that robust vision is critical to validating the overall process performance and ensuring process stability? Like, could you um, talk a little more about this? Absolutely. So with this question, the answer to that is just 100%. I mean, we could stop the question there, but of course I'm going to elaborate, right? <laughs> so I personally, so I have an analogy that I like to use. Yeah. And Thomas has heard this a few times and he's probably over there rolling his eyes right now, but I like <laughs> it. So we're going to go ahead and do it. So I like to consider automation and manufacturing to kind of be like a human body. Right. Right. There's so many different parts that have to run in conjunction with each other all yeah. the time. We can have robots as our arms and limbs that are helping to move things around the factories or the manufacturing plants. We've yeah. got controllers and PLCs who are like our nervous system, right? They're running data throughout the body, constantly making choices, helping to move things, everything like that, right? Yeah. When we think of machine vision, we think of that as the eyes or maybe the sensory system, right? Of the entire operation. Okay. We need to have machine vision involved in this manufacturing and this automation process in order to validate what's going on, right? Yeah. Is that box properly packaged? Are there defects on the PCB board? These are things that machine vision can tell us that yeah. traditionally a human being would have to be in the place of. Yeah. So whenever we want to improve process stability, removing the human element is the best way, right? I yeah. consider myself to be pretty good at what I do most of the time, but even I make mistakes, right? I'm a huge cook. I love cooking food. It's one of my favorite hobbies to do. Yeah. I probably make pasta sauce more than anything because it's cheap. It's fun <laughs> to make all that stuff, right? Yeah. But even when I make a new batch, I will make mistakes on that. Right. And that's something I love doing. It's something I'm good at doing. And it's something I've done a hundred times. So if a human that enjoys doing it is making mistakes, of course, a human that's doing a job like this could make more. Right. By replacing that with machine vision, we take away those mundane, those boring tasks away from people. And we allow them to do what people do best, which is where creativity, creation, and innovation comes in. And so by using machine vision, we're improving that process stability over the long term. It kind of changing the role of the human in the equation, not taking them out of the equation, just changing what they're doing, focusing. Exactly. Them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We're not wanting to take people out of it, right? I mean, people... Yes. We still want people to have jobs. We want to have more fulfilling, more creative, more roles that involve humans to what we do best. Right. So, Ryan, I want to ask, ask this question to you. What is the best way to leverage machine vision to provide an objective perspective of the manufacturing process? So this is actually a really interesting question. Um, and I think I think this is really interesting because... Yeah. When we think of manufacturing processes, when we think of this type of work, we really don't think that there's going to be any sort of associated bias to this, right? Yeah. Typically, we expect our manufacturing environments to be rigid. This should be a cold environment that just has yes or no's, right? Does it work? Yes. Good. You're done. Congratulations. Move on. Yeah. But the reality of this is that we need to have systems in place to validate that yes. Right. If we were scientists doing a scientific experiment following the scientific method, right? Yeah. You do your experiment, you have validation, and then you need peer review. 
And this is no different from manufacturing. Yes. If I'm someone who sets up a manufacturing process, of course, I'm going to think I did the right job. Why wouldn't I? I know what I'm doing. I'm good at what I do. Of course, I did it correctly. But we want a step in there to say, okay, you did this, Ryan, congratulations. Hopefully you did a good job, but let's validate. Let's review that and make certain that this process is working correctly. And that's where machine vision can be used to check that objective perspective and say, all right, we put this process together. Let's make sure this is working correctly. And that's kind of what machine vision does as a whole. Okay. You know, I would like to go to Thomas now uh, with my next question. Uh, what do you think are the steps involved in selecting an all-in-one platform, integrating a vision system and harvesting uh, process data without compromising robust network architecture and machine task performance? Absolutely. So I'm I'm still thinking about the Ryan, you are pasta sauce, and I'm <laughs> patiently waiting for my invitation to... I'll, I'll have to send you an invite next time you're in town. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds perfect. But Sukanya, to, to answer your question, yeah. when it comes to selecting an all-in-one platform, yeah. over the years, our, our teams have found three really large steps to, to achieving not just data that is harvested in a way that, to Ryan's point, creates that objective view, but also doesn't compromise the robustness of an architecture or the machine's task performance. So the first step we've seen is, to be honest, just understanding the goals of the facility and oftentimes the, the processes within that manufacturing line, understanding the challenges that the team is currently facing, and also understanding the goals and the event horizon. Um, for those goals, um, of that, which really takes us to the next step is that we want to ensure that those goals are met, not just in the, the near term, but in the long term. So, of course, understanding is the first and then second step being really putting those goals down, saying, OK, this is how we're going to measure success. Right. Um, and then third is starting to look at a lot of the devices which are going to feed this platform with the data it needs. So I'm super happy that you've invited both Ryan and myself onto this podcast because yeah. as Ryan has showed, yeah. a lot of the data coming from this vision is yeah. integral to selecting an all-in-one platform that not only meets the goals in the, in the long term, yeah. such as, let's say, AI, but also in the near term, which is giving that objective perspective of yep. the parts that are coming off the line. Mm -hmm. So if those are the three big steps, I mean, we, we understand that kind of the biggest roadblock is, to be honest, just making sure that teams understand that a robust architecture, machine performance, and the ability to harvest data, they're yep. all interdependent. If you're so focused, on gathering data and you're using up all of your network to just move data, should it be any surprise that you're gonna compromise maybe your safety or your motion within the machine performance? So oftentimes to really overcome that, uh, we take the old adage of a pen 
and a piece of paper or a marker and a dry erase board and draw out the architecture today. Understand where those challenges are and then start to identify where that complexity resides because oftentimes flushing out that complexity means flushing out the barriers to getting an all-in-one platform to really serve all three needs, which are the performance, the robust architecture, and the data harvesting. So oftentimes, Ryan and I, when we go yeah. to facilities to help sort out issues, um, yes, we do have um, our experience that comes with us, but oftentimes it's also a pen, a paper, and asking a lot, a lot of questions. Um, so does that help clarify what are some key steps to selecting an all-in-one platform? It definitely does, for sure. But I would like to ask you as well, how can all-in-one control platforms create the vision foundation for AI and deep learning? Perfect. So I'm glad you mentioned foundations because as listeners on this podcast, I, I know there are so many listeners who are problem solvers, mentors, and leaders in uh, the automation field. And it is so important that um, we see through maybe some hype or any speculation around artificial intelligence and really see through to those opportunities that, that Ryan mentioned where we're looking to remove repetitive tasks or ergonomic issues and really empower teams on the plant floor to be able to achieve more. So before we can even talk about AI, obviously we have to talk about the foundation and vision, as Ryan mentioned, plays a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. So all-in-one control platforms can create the vision and foundation by first uh, helping teams identify the processes that could or, or are worth building data around and building that foundation around. Because we know those tasks might be very important to the long-term health of the facility, but oftentimes these processes are cyclic and repeatable and often need very consistent results. So the power with all-in-one control platforms is teams have all of the data from the entire manufacturing process and can identify these sub-processes which could make very good candidates for AI later down the road. The second is these all-in-one platforms can create a huge reservoir of, of data from a multitude of different devices, giving yeah. teams the opportunity to have a very holistic and, as Ryan mentioned, objective perspective on the process um, and sub-processes. So that's super important because it allows the data for when it's collected to also have the context of the data for when it's collected. So it can help educate why something could have happened to allow for a learning to not let history uh, maybe repeat itself. Right. And what would you say are the main advantages for manufacturers in doing so? I'd say the, the main advantage of, of course is having the ability to start to use AI when yeah. you, once again, have the ability to identify the key processes and create that, that robust reservoir. 
Um, but also, maybe AI isn't the answer. Maybe it's looking at other alternatives instead of going all in with advanced algorithms, but instead looking at standard operating procedures and saying, okay, let's just put a poker yoke in here instead. But I would say the main advantage is having all of the data that yeah. helps not just improve uh, the processes, but remove any barriers for, for, for any other improvements. So having the whole data picture with the context often allows new insights to be found versus yeah. using the same old data to try to solve a new problem, where oftentimes a new problem requires potentially new data or a new way to solve. Because yeah. we know if, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again mm -hmm. and expecting different results. Yeah. So all-in-one platforms can get the data from devices without compromising, yes, the machine performance, yes, they can send data securely to a central location, and yes, they can help teams visualize the data so that they can take action. Um, but really a lot of the, the advantages are that integration of vision and all-in-one, they're, they're working together for that common goal. You talked about data a lot, but I would also like to um, discuss this point that, you know, relevant data is good, but not all data is relevant after all. So how do all-in-one control platforms help filter out the most relevant data using machine vision and AI? Absolutely. So the relevance, at least from, and I don't want to speak for you, Ryan, but at least from our perspective is data that helps someone gain an insight or help someone take action that they have confidence in will allow that user to achieve a result that's desired. And even non-relevant data might actually be helpful because it shows, wait a second, we're not even able to capture data that we want. We don't even have the ability to make any sense of this data. So maybe we need to go back and reassess how we're collecting data. Yeah. So I, I would say every data or piece of data could give an insight, even though that insight could be well Maybe it's time to start over. Yeah. Um, but data, at least from our standpoint, when it's relevant, it is often time synchronized. So it has the ability to be synchronized with other pieces of data coming from other parts of uh, the manufacturing line. And of course, this is super important because if you're doing any post-mortem assessment, you're doing any sort of commissioning, um, but then also, if you're wanting to record a certain interval of a process to build that standard operating procedure for AI, having that time synchronization is so important. So although we, we do know that while correlation does not always equate causation, the ability for systems to really learn from all of those nodes can help that learning process, not just with AI, but a facility as a whole. That way you don't end up really chasing um, symptoms. And Ryan, I know you gave some analogies. I'll give an example too. Um, <laughs> just so I can say I gave one, I guess. There you go. But for example, if we're just getting data 
on how a label is applied to a package. So AI, this hypothetical situation is AI's responsibility is to make sure that a label goes onto a package in a very specific place so that system can control the speed of the application, the adhesion, the adhesive temperature, and of course, where that package ends up sitting right before that label goes on. So let's say they control that via the grip strength of, of the package. So if you're just getting a very certain perspective of saying, okay, this is where the label is, this is where yeah. the label is, but you're also not getting data on, have we changed the label type? Have we, has the environment changed? Has the packaging material changed, even if it's between batches? Yeah. Um, or has, once again, temperature of the package changed? You, you start to get all these other anomalies, which can alter the yeah. result. So unless you have all of those objective, that objective view by so many different inputs, yeah. you, you might be setting your AI up for, for failure. Right. So all in one platform, good news can capture this data because they have the ability to capture all of that data. So, you know, establishing best practices and improving production processes are some of the many, many benefits of the technologies we have been discussing so far. So how can manufacturers leverage these technologies to extract maximum benefits? So I'll, I'll take this first, actually, Sakanya, because um, I think it's important that when we look at this topic of machine vision and uh, manufacturing and an all-in-one control platform, yeah, really the technologies are going to do so much work for these companies, right? If you're wanting to improve your processes, get better manufacturing practices going, using these technologies just period is going to help that. And I think yeah. the biggest way and the best thing to do towards that is finding a partner, a partner that's going to be more than just a vendor, right? Yeah. Oftentimes today, the business world can be kind of cool, uh, kind of cold, right? Like yeah. here's your, here's your components, get out of our hair. Yeah. And that's where finding a true partner in automation uh, is going to have the biggest benefit to your company. And that's where a company like Omron Automation comes in to where we can help you, right? Do yeah. these sort of tasks that you might not have the knowledge for yet. And yeah. we can help you get to the point where, hey, I'm self-sufficient now. I know how to use machine vision to its fullest. I can use these all-in-one control platforms. Yeah. And that's what I think one of the best practices for a company to take is find that partner. Don't find just a simple component vendor, right? Yeah, yeah. Brian, I think you hit the nail on, on the head because we know that technology, yes, it's evolving today, just as it evolved yesterday, and it's very likely going to continue to evolve tomorrow at probably an ever-increasing pace. Yeah. So the biggest best practice, at least to second what, what Ryan said, is having a partner who can help not just solve today's problem, but help yeah. position a team to be able to solve tomorrow's problems yeah, exactly. as, as well. Do you have, either of you have any words of caution or advice regarding key steps and due diligence when implementing these technologies? 
Brian, since you uh, threw first blood on that last question, do you mind if I take a collegiate? No, ab- absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Okay, perfect. So, um, so Kanye, we we talked about AI um, more so than maybe we have in, in past podcasts together, um, which very well uh, time since a ton of AI is continuing to hit the market and continuing to be be used. Um, but when it comes to words of advice or or caution, I'd at least like to focus on that that AI side. Um, yeah is that deploying any autonomous artificial intelligence into a facility, yes, has the ability to help teams do more. Yes, it has the ability to allow for potentially more consistency in processes, and it has the ability to take out a lot of ergonomic or repetitive tasks to boost OEE. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't take the responsibility or, excuse me, or the accountability for its action. So if a team does decide to deploy this technology, they are still responsible for that product. They're still responsible and should be held accountable by their downstream customers. So the only word of advice or caution is as new technologies continue to emerge that have the ability to have tasks delegated to them. Teams cannot delegate that accountability, which that's going back to your point about why a practice, good best practice is to work with a partner is to establish, be it redundancies, be it fail safe, be it finding the right processes for this type of technology but also making sure that an organization doesn't inadvertently delegate accountability because that might uh, not necessarily hold up in the court of law. Ryan, would you agree with that? Disagree with that? No, I think, I think you hit it right on the money there. Um, And it's, you know, anytime you're implementing technologies like this, it's always important to say, okay, like, am I new to this? Because if you're doing something new, you can make a lot of steps that are going to potentially hurt it. And that is where having that partner and having someone who has the experience can help mitigate any of those. Right. Yeah. I go back to my cooking analogy, right? Like if I'm cooking a new recipe, yeah. hopefully I have a recipe to work off of. I'm not just trying to make a brand new thing. That's going to be uh crazy, right? Hopefully I have some sort of baseline and something to understand before I jump right headlong into it. Okay. So um, I would like to ask, do you do either of you or both of you want to leave the audience with some final words on this topic before we uh, sign off from this podcast today? Yeah, Brian, I have a, I have a few, uh, I guess, notes that have come up throughout our conversation that I just like to maybe bring to a nice, nice closure, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thomas, go ahead. So, Ryan, you, you mentioned a lot about the power of vision systems. Sukanya, you asked a lot of great questions about uh, all-in-one platforms. And, yeah, we, we did touch on potentially how the future could shape with artificial intelligence. But the big first step is making sure that a team gets their own house in order, making sure that they're able to collect 
consistent, robust, and objective data throughout their entire process. That way they can establish those, um, those norms, those baselines in order to then improve on. And yes, all-in-one platforms are a really great way to do that. Yeah. And also, Ryan, a lot of the technology you mentioned, the ability to gather data with such precision, such as the vision systems you mentioned, is a really great way to start. So yep. to use another analogy, <laughs> I guess, um, oftentimes we, we say in some of the automation space, you want to get in the game so then you can play the game. So if you want to play right. the game of AI, let's get in the game of collecting robust data while also preserving your machine uh, performance and the robustness of your architecture. Brian, is there anything you want to add to that? Oh, I, th I think you nailed it perfectly, honestly, because I think at the end of the day, the one thing that we want to make sure people remember with this, I think, is that data is going to be king, right? Yeah. As much data as you can get, as fast as you can get it, that's going to help improve everything. So the more data and the better data, and even as Thomas mentioned earlier, the wrong data can be good data sometimes, right? Knowing yeah. that something isn't correct is a good way to find something that is correct. So yeah. no, I think you put it quite succinctly, Thomas. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, perfect. Thank you uh, so much, uh, both of you, for joining us for this uh, particular episode of Machine Language. And um, I would like to say this was an amazing conversation. And I'm uh, sure the listeners have a lot to think about and consider uh, when they are thinking about AI and machine vision and all the different ways that these technologies uh, can help, uh, especially in the context of how an all-in-one platform can uh, actually help them with their businesses, help them um, work on their businesses and uh, fuel their growth. So thank you so much. Thank you. Sakanya. Thank you for the time. It's uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you, Sakanya.